Thank you for listening to this audio recording from the pastoral team at Church of the Redeemer, an Anglican church in Greensboro, North Carolina. If you'd like to know more about Church of the Redeemer, its ministry, or its mission, then visit us online at RedeemerGSO.org. It is a delight today, as your resident church farmer, to preach the good word of God this, on this Rogation Sunday. Now, I know most of you will have never heard of this Anglican liturgical ho- holiday with its funny name. Rogation is from the Latin word rogare, which means to ask. And it's the time in the church calendar when Catholics and Anglicans worldwide ask for the Lord to bless our agricultural land and to pray for a fruitful harvest. It's the Sunday that all agrarian-minded Anglicans should look forward to, from home gardeners to farmers, and really every Anglican who eats, which is all of us. It's the Sunday we are reminded that our bodies are in direct reliance on the grace of God, who blesses us with food. The Church has observed this day for over 1,500 years. In the year 470, in what is now France, an archbishop named Mamertus started the tradition among his people because of horrible natural disasters that had swept through their land and left many Christians destitute. Now, this was the very beginning of Christianity in Europe, and the pagan tradition in the Roman world was to sacrifice dogs to the Roman god of agricultural diseases, a god named Robigus, to beg his mercy on the crops. I am very grateful, and my puppy Jaber is very, very grateful that Christianity overcame this practice. Archbishop Emeritus was trying to retrain, retrain these new Christians to think of the source of their sustenance not as a malevolent Roman god, but the good and loving creator of the universe. He would lead his parish on a procession through the fields to pray for God to make the harvest fruitful. It's an embodied way of praying into what Jesus tells his followers in the gospel passage today. I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. On Rogation Sunday, we remember that it is the Lord who makes our land fruitful, who makes our labor fruitful, and who makes our relationships fruitful, who makes our life in the Spirit fruitful. All of this, if only we will ask. The tradition of Rogation Day quickly caught on throughout Europe, became particularly popular in England, where it was adopted in the Anglican faith after the Reformation. Traditionally, the time of prayer would last for several days and would involve a parish-wide procession around the boundaries of the parish. Now, this wouldn't have just been the church land, but the whole neighborhood that the church served, as churches were deeply tied to local communities. And the procession would take all day, or sometimes multiple days, and apparently turned into a long parading party with what they called ganging beer, which meant beer for walking, brewed for that day, and cookies called ramelation biscuits, which no one really knows the recipe anymore, but were apparently delicious. George Herbert, the famous Anglican priest and poet in the 1600s, said that there were four purposes for rogation days. First, to seek God's blessings for the fields to bear fruit. Second, to seek the preservation of justice in the boundaries of the parish. Third, to walk in love with one another and to reconcile differences. Fourth, to practice mercy and generosity toward the poor from God's provisions. In a time when property disputes were super common, before modern-day surveying, it was a way that the church helped keep peace and establish neighborly boundaries and the boundaries of the parish. 
It would be like all of us at Church of the Redeemer, walking through the Westerwood neighborhood as a whole church and helping the Walls, the Drakes, and the Lineberries, who are all next-door neighbors, establish every year where their property lines were to keep Patrick and Ben and Dodd from coming to blows over it, and convincing Patrick to brew some beer for the occasion to keep everyone merry. Patrick Lineberry does brew excellent beer, for those of you who do not know. This practice was called the beating of the bounds, as they beat the ground with crosses and sticks as they processed along. Perhaps the funniest part of Rogation Day tradition in England was that they knew that it was easier to remember a place when you had a vivid memory there. So on these processions, when they came to a landmark or a boundary they would like to remember, they would throw young boys into a pond or suspend them upside down from a tree or a fence so that everyone would remember that spot vividly, not hurting the boys, of course, but giving them a memory they wouldn't forget. Ah, yes, I remember that creek. That's where we threw young Ryan Hawkins in last year. I'm not suggesting that this part of the tradition should be carried forward into modern times, though I'm sure some parents wouldn't object at the moment after two months of stay-at-home orders. This tradition persisted until the 20th century and has only recently faded as cultures ceased to be agricultural and rural. As we are in a collective amnesia that forgets that the only ways our bodies persist is through the gifts of God, through the land, and through the labor of ourselves and our neighbors. Wendell Berry reminds us, no matter how urban our life, our bodies live by farming. We come from the earth and we return to it. And so we live in agriculture as we live in the flesh. I think this pandemic has reminded so many people of that, as sparse grocery shelves remind us that the reality of that our food system is not as secure as we often think it is. More and more folks have taken up vegetable gardening for the first time this year in this scary situation, newly empowered that God will provide for us directly from the soil if we will partner with him in the effort. This pandemic has also reminded us of the immense need of the poor and vulnerable among us as food banks are overrun with need. Rogation days were a time for the community to remember that the land God had gifted them with was for the benefit of all the community, not just for the wealthy. There's something deeply equalizing about walking side by side with someone in a long march, both of you on the two feet that God gave you as brothers and sisters in Christ. When the parish came together to pray for everyone's fields, those of a lowly tenant and aristocratic lord alike, it was rehearsing the theological truth that all are children of God, fed by his hand. In our passage today from Isaiah, God promises the poor that he hears their cries of thirst, that he will not forsake them. In this remarkable poem, he says, I will make rivers flow on barren heights and springs within the valleys and I will turn the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into springs. I will put in the desert the cedar, the acacia, the myrtle, and the olive. I will set junipers in the wasteland, the fir, and the cypress together, so that the people may see and know, may consider and understand, that the hand of the Lord has done this, that the Holy One of Israel has created it. Our Heavenly Father, the creator of the cosmos, is reminding his beloved children that he can make even the most barren land fruitful for them, that he will bless them through the blessing of their land. Notice he does not say, I will fill your bank accounts with dollars, but instead he says, I will fill your land with springs and trees. In God's economy, prosperity is not tied to the money economy, but to the fruitfulness of the land. 
This is so hard for us modern Christians to wrap our minds around because our livelihoods are so wrapped up in the money economy. As, see, as we are seeing acutely right now, when our money economy slows its pace for two months, millions are instantly unemployed, suddenly lacking access to food, many on the brink of financial ruin. That's not to say our Anglican brethren in centuries past didn't see equal, if not much greater, calamities. Drought, famine, war, and disease were a huge part of their lives. But when they faced these calamities, they knew they only had one option, to walk together in prayer around their fields and ask for rain, for fertile soil, for a good harvest. It was a simpler petition than the ones we are currently making. Lord, please send trillions of dollars of stimulus money to keep our giant economy afloat. Lord, please keep international commodity crop prices from plummeting. Lord, please keep the price of oil at this rate to avoid industry failure. Lord, please keep the stock market high. Lord, please provide so I can pay my mortgage and student loan debt. The Lord hears these modern prayers, and he has deep compassion for us as we pray them. He knows that we are just small parts of a very large and complicated society that we have little control over. Nothing is too complex for our Lord. However, in great moments of messy complexity, I think it is often helpful to remember the simplicity of our ancestors in the faith, to remember how simple our needs really are. We need to eat. We need to love one another. We need community. We need to abide with God. There's not much that's truly essential beyond this when it really comes down to it. Jesus says to us, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Remain in me as also I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Jesus beckons us as his church to come abide in him, to unite our lives in his eternal life and to rest in his power. He wants us to ask for his help. He doesn't want us to try to fix our problems on our own, or make our businesses thrive on, the, in, on their ugh, or make our businesses thrive on their own, or make our land fruitful on our own. He doesn't want us to earn salaries by our own merit alone, or to secure a job by our CVs alone. When times are good, it's too easy to believe the lie that we provide for ourselves in our own power. Sometimes hard times like these that make us feel vulnerable and weak wake us up to the beautiful reality that no. We rest fully in his providential care for us. He wants us to walk hand in hand as brothers and sisters around the places in which we live and ask for his blessing. There might be some purposeful pruning that the Lord is doing in our lives right now. Right now, Maybe we thought our lives were bearing fruit when really they were barren. Or maybe we thought they were bearing enough fruit and really God wants them to be a thousand times more fruitful. Perhaps the Lord will, will reveal to us as a church the way that he is going to greatly increase Church of the Redeemer's fruitfulness in this kingdom, in the kingdom in such a time as this. I have been so struck by the ways that the Lord has been working over the past two months at the farm. The pandemic has been a, a giant wake-up call, helping us to really focus on our mission to grow food for our parish and for the poor, and giving us a new energy for our work. 
I have been stunned by how many of you have come out to help on a regular basis. I'm struck by the ways that God has been forming community among our parishioners out on the farm as we work side by side on the land that God has given us. In January, before the pandemic broke, 12 farm leaders went away on a spiritual retreat to pray for God's spiritual direction for the year. And the simple but powerful word we all heard from God was, God is the Lord of the farm. One would think this statement is simply a given, but we have found that repeating it often has been a vital part of staying on course. The minute I stop repeating this, it's easy to think that I am farming in my own power or running this ministry in my own power or that I have to do everything to maintain our work in my own power. So quickly, I slip into not abiding. But what I find happens when we do remind ourselves that God is the Lord of the farm is that immediately we start to bear fruit as a team. Not only does the land bear fruit, but we start bearing the fruit of love with one another. Days working together become sweet. Conversations become poignant. We experience rest and healing together. As Jesus implies in John 15, the greatest crop produced in Christ is love. It's the harvest we long for most in this life. Yesterday, we had a crew of harvesters out in the greenhouse, harvesting carrots and lettuce and flowers and other lovely things. But the sweetest moment came when we stopped to sing, This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. In that moment, that simple song seemed more true than the pandemic, more true than our worries. When I was reading about the history of Rogation Days, I found this amazing sermon on, on Rogation Sunday from the Book of Homilies that Thomas Cramner, one of the found, founders of the Anglican faith, put together in the 1560s, over 400 years ago. It took me a while to dissect the Old English spellings, why the V's and the U's are all reversed, I do not know. But there is so much wisdom for the church that speak, speaks to us strongly today. This is my translation of a bit of it, as I figured if I read it in the Old English, a bunch of folks would instantly ghost on the Zoom call. But the preacher in this says that on rogation days, we should all be mindful that God is constantly creating and sustaining the world we live in. Quote, it is not to be thought that God created all this universal world as it is, and once he made it, gave it up to be ruled and used after our own device, and so he takes no more charge of it. As if he were a shipbuilder, who after he built the perfect ship, delivered it to the sailors and cared no more about it. No, God has not created the world like this. He is not careless of it but he continually preserves it by his goodness. He secures it in his act of creation. For else, without his special goodness, it could not stand long in his condition. And so St. Paul says that he preserves all things and bears them up still in his word, Hebrews 1, lest they should fall without him to their nothingness again, from which they were made. If his special goodness were not present everywhere, every creature should be out of order, and no creature should be as he was first created. God is therefore invisible everywhere and in every creature and fulfills both heaven and earth with his presence. In the fire to give heat, in the water to give moisture, in the earth to give fruit, in the heart to give his strength. Yes, even in our bread and drink is God to give us nourishment. Without him, the bread and drink cannot give sustenance, nor the herb or medicine health. As the wine man, wise man plainly confesses, saying, It is not the increase of fruits that feeds men, but it is thy word, O Lord, which preserves them that trust in thee. End quote. 
It is this Lord who continually provides for his world through his creation power that we worship today and every day. It is this good father of the gardener who makes us fruitful and prunes us into even greater faithfulness. It is this great Jesus who is the vine we abide in. It makes my heart really sad that we cannot be together in person right now, processing on our own regation day around our land and our city, instead of just talking about it online. And I fervently hope that this time next year, Rogation Day 2021, we will all be together having our first annual Church of the Redeemer Rogation Parade, complete with lots of homemade cookies and homebrewed beer, praying to God, to God together for his fruitfulness for our land and for our city. But in the meantime, I encourage you to practice this, I encourage you to practice this this week by walking and praying over your neighborhoods perhaps joining together on a socially distanced walk with a few other friends, and hold your own regation processions at home. Walk around the boundaries of your yard, pray for your garden, pray for your neighborhood, and ask for God to bless your home and your community and your neighbors in these difficult times. Come take a solo walk on our church land to pray for our harvest this year, that we may produce abundantly so that we can give abundantly. This week would also be a good time to consider almsgiving, food or money, to those in our community who are in need of it right now. In the words of the wonderful Amanda McGill, creator of the Anglican blog, The Homely Hours, quote, In the rogation days, we accept our responsibilities and our boundaries. We make visible the foundations of our life. Joyfully anachronistic, we make our processions in the company of saints, remembering that we live by the providence of God through the fruit of the earth. In Jesus' name.